Parsons, you're listening to No Names, All Game. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the first preseason episode of No Names, All Game. I'm going to be your host today, Pat Colicchio, even though the graphic says Chris Hankin. And with me today, very special guest, co-host, Caroline Bixler, sub Caroline, Twitter famous. How are you doing? Oh, wow, I'm doing great now that you called me famous. That's right. um, isn't that what everyone's going for? No, I'm doing well. I actually, before we hopped on here, I didn't realize that I was the co-host. So um, I'm a little right. nervous now that it's just two of us. But, you know, I'm ready to step up to the plate and uh, be next man on deck for the day. I know it's, you know, it's, uh, it's tough with, uh, Chris cannot make it today, but you know, I, I'm so, so confident that you can carry this, you know, I'm going to try really, really hard. I actually way back in the early Twitter days, um, this kid invited me onto his podcast and it was just the two of us. And if I do remember correctly, it turned out okay. So I'm sure I've grown tremendously with my podcasting skills since then. I mean, listen, you were pretty good last time you were with us. Yeah, that was a fun time, actually. It yeah. feels like yesterday. It feels like we didn't go through a seven and six season, and there was just so much hope when we did that one. Oh, my God. I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. So I've been with my girlfriend for two years now. And so she's seen me through two Penn State seasons, and it's these last two. So well, wow, that's good that she's still with you then, because oh, I'm sure she's seen a lot. <laughs> but she, she's, and she's not a sports person at all, doesn't give a fuck about college football. So she watches, mm-hmm. she's like, why are you so invested in this when they are like this? I'm like, I swear, it's usually better. <laughs> I swear oh to God, it was good in 2019. I'm usually happy. <laughs> Not really, but like happier, happier. than this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. Let's let's get her. Maybe things will get better for both of you. Oh, I'm God. I hope so. <laughs> no, no, she's lovely. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right Caroline. here's what i want to know most i think you know everyone's got a lot of opinions on what this team's been the past two years uh most of them bad but i think we're all trying to we've got like that little like glimmer of hope in our eyes for this next season what Always. what excites you the most about this team coming into this season I'd say what excites me the most is uh, probably looking like we're going to go position group wise. Yeah. Uh, most excited about the wide receiver room. Um, I feel like Stubbs has been really, really solid the past couple of years that he's been here. You know, for a while, it was like we had a new receiver coach every single year. And uh, it was like in a really weak and embarrassing part of the team, you know, like wide receivers were supposed to be exciting, like making huge plays, you know, changing game for us. And it was just like a really, really sad spot for us for a while there. Um, so, you know, I feel like Stubbs has come a long way since his disaster with the Miami belt uh, incident that we had. And uh, he's really done a good job with the guys that have come through there. Um, of course, we're going to miss Jahan and, you know, you can't replace him, but feel like Parker's ready to step up. He's obviously been really solid for us the past two years and has even shown some Jahan, if you will, in him with some of going up for the the occasional um, errant throw um, that Sean makes. Um, yes. So I feel like he's, he's really ready to take over the number one spot. You know, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Tinsley coming out of camp. He's rooming with Sean, uh, which can't hurt. Um, you know, some guys have made big plays, like Mega had that one nice play up against Rutgers hoping he can be that like big tall stud that we have never really had at least as of late um maybe since Allen robinson yeah right? i mean I, I feel like it's been a really long time and uh everybody keeps saying he's built like a god you know so if he can just 
put the receiver, you know, skills together, then he could be something, uh, something that we thought maybe we had with Justin Shorter, and unfortunately, did yeah, not. or even like Jawan Johnson, you know. Yeah, that's so true. much, so yeah, much hope. Too. I think it's actually easy to forget because we went from like we had like a really stacked room like Chris Godwin, Saeed Blacknall, and then we had KJ Hamler, who was obviously amazing. But I think it's really easy to forget that like. Jahan Dotson wasn't Jahan Dotson when KJ Hamlet was there. You know what I mean? Like, true. It was kind of like KJ, and then like some people were dropping passes. Jahan hadn't really emerged yet. Right. And it was then, a know, very KJ heavy offense. Yes. And so I, I think this is going to be the most balanced wide receiver room we've had in a while. Right. Um, yeah. You've got what's his name? Trey Wallace. And his name's Harrison. Goes by Trey, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he's got the basketball hops, made that nice play in the spring game. Um, even Dotton, who I feel like has been like stashed kind of on the roster the past couple of years, he was making plays in the spring game too. Maybe he, uh, pops in there. So I feel like, yeah, it's a, you know, obviously Parker's that number one stud Tinsley will probably be number two, but there's a lot of room for guys behind them to sort of step up this year. So I'm excited to see what they can do. And now are you including the, uh, the tight end room in that sort of wide receiver group or two separate? I- wasn't initially the the tight ends where they sort of struggled a little bit last year. Um, you know, they've obviously got stability coming in with the same top three guys again this year. Um, and I feel like they all have a lot of, you know, athletic potential for sure. But um, you know, those, 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 they were a little concerning last year. So I'm hopeful for them, uh, I guess, but the wide receivers, I feel really good about. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I, Tight end group for me is one of those I'm more confident in than them. I would say like they're in the top half. Yeah, the, definitely. The like, they should be really good. Everything is there, yeah. but they just didn't really produce last year. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been calling Theo Johnson the breakout player for like three seasons now. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, they're an interesting group. I was listening to, uh, you know, the guys over in the BWI a few weeks ago, and they were actually mm-hmm. talking about if you took the tight end group like as a whole, essentially that they were pretty much on par with what Penn state has had, right. but it's just that like, it was three guys producing like one Pat Fryman. You know that's what I mean? fair. That that's, that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah. Which is, so like, I guess. Yeah. Just kind you, of missing you, that one stud. Like you wish one of them would just, yeah. Like, well, you went Gusecki, Fryman. Yeah, like, exactly. We, we kind of got a little spoiled. Not many colleges mm. have tight ends like that, that come around every year. <laughs> That makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. I guess if you looked at them as a whole, it was okay, but I don't know. It, just there wish there could have been some bigger play. There were no big plays really. Like, I mean, and there was no one guy you could depend on. Like Frymouth was like an automatic first step. You're like, yeah. All right, Strange kind of dropped a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It was just kind of weird last year watching them compared to what we were used to. Yeah, exactly. There was no go-to. Okay. It's, it's fourth and or like third and seven. Right. No, like, we've got to, as long as the pass is there, it's a third down. Or it's yeah. a first down, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's one of those, I don't know that was missed. So, so hard with this team. They're just like outside of Jahan Dotson, you know, Parker Washington made some really big plays and was really awesome, but there was no like, all right, here's our guy. Right. Right. And on, on the flip side of that, what, what are you most nervous about with this team? So I hate to beat a dead horse that is literally just begging and <laughs> gasping for air at this point, but I think it would be disingenuous of me to pretend I was more concerned about something else than the offensive line. Um, Cause you know, that everything starts in the trenches, as they say, like that's where the game's won and lost. So um, 
And it's obviously critical for both Sean to, you know, have time back there to uh, you know, go through his reads as he sometimes struggles to do. Um, so he needs as much time as possible as he can get for that, needs to be protected. Obviously, he's known to get injured, um, which ended up derailing the entire season. So if we could avoid that, those problems for him, it would be extremely helpful for them to step it up, uh, as well as the running game was pretty abysmal last year. Um, I mean, pretty much non-existent, uh, couldn't get anything going for most of the year. And anytime they did, um, it seemed the runner that was doing well was pulled, which is a whole other issue. Um, but yeah, just terrible, just kind of ruined the offense on multiple occasions um, as the year went on. Um, so I, I feel like they have pieces there that can get it to at least become solid. I wouldn't say they're, they're going to be lights out by any means, but um, really only lost Walker, right? Am I yeah. missing anything there? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, he was kind of a, like a disappointing season for Rashid Walker, unfortunately, but he was still like right. our starting left tackle and possibly right. Like yeah, line. he right, right. So he's like the I guess the biggest thing that we lost. And and my I feel like my brain is mush right now. Was Miranda our starting center last year? He was for part of the season, and then and they then switched. Is that what happened? Came over. That's I think right. with a couple I, of games left. I think the offensive line got so bad, I stopped paying attention to who yeah. they were subbing in and out, and I'm thinking of different years. But um, I think so obviously he's played. gone. That's Sorry. like addition by subtraction. I was just yeah. thinking to myself if that last year was the year that he last played, but that yeah. was like a break right there. Okay, so I feel good about uh, Fashanu. I feel like he looked good in his last couple of games. At least, you know, it was good to get him some like starting action at the end of the year because they pretty much knew he'd be stepping in and. I don't know. He's just like a massive guy. Um, so that's a plus. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, Tengwall and uh, the, the transfer uh, Norzad, um, yeah. who I feel like both seem poised to start. Obviously, we're a few months away, but that kind of seems like what the, the early vibes are. Get some new blood in there um, and guard. Uh, so, you know, changing it up is always helpful if what we had going last year isn't working. But, you know, if it's bad again, I feel like we're in for another rough season. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I feel like the story of a Penn State fan for the past decade is us just hating our offensive line. Um, and every year, there's a new, like, oh, no, I think this this might, like, last year was the year where, like, it finally might be great, and it just wasn't. And it, this year, we're kind of, I'm kind of hearing, like, the same rumblings where this group has a lot more potential than last year. Uh, like, common thing I've heard about this group is lower floor, higher ceiling from last year. Because uh, okay. it's a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven talent, but like they could be a much better group. Right. But I mean, it's like fool me once, you know, shame on me. Fool me like, like fool me 10 years in a row. I just, yeah, just, I was going to, however many seasons we've had James Franklin at the helm is yeah. pretty much how I mean, many years. Predating James Franklin. <laughs> That's true. I, I can't, can't even think back that far. Time. Yeah, right. <laughs> the offensive line was a strength. Right. Uh, I can only think back so far after, you know, going through so much pain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the biggest worry. I You could, I mean, you could say the run game or Sean, but if the offensive line stinks, then, like, of course, they're not going to be great. So, yeah, it's hard to run the ball and pass the ball with a bad offensive line. Right. So we're, we're just going to go straight and straight to the trenches and, and say that. So oh, if, if any group has Sean earned that back. over the past couple of years, for, for us to be nervous about them, it's, it's this one. Right, right. Sean, um, 
you know, he hasn't been as bad for as long as the offensive line has. So that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of feels like within the next two years, it's sort of put up or shut up for Phil Troutline. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, he came in with a ton of hype. Yeah. He came in with a ton of hype, you know, fired Lime Grover. And uh, we were like, right, right. Totally fine. We were all so excited about um, bringing in this guy from Boston College. He had all these All Americans. And then people were like, you know, well, were they all just really good? And like, or did he actually develop them? I don't know. Like, our offensive line still sinks. So, I mean, everybody seems to love him. The comment I keep hearing about hearing about him is, is that he doesn't yell a lot. I'm like, does he need to yell more? Like, I, I feel like these guys can use a good yelling. Some of these, some of these games. I don't, know uh, these kids are Gen Z. I don't know if they can handle yelling. That might be that's crazy. true. That that could be a He's whole other change with the game. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they all love that and want to come play for him because he doesn't yell. But I don't know. But so that's I got, takes five star I got yelled at. Oh, I got yelled at a lot. It's from practice in college. So. Um, I got yelled at a lot in sports too, and I ended up not playing college sports. So. There you <laughs> it can really go either way. <laughs> uh, so I like a lot of the, the thing I've been trying to figure out about this team. And I think every Penn state fan has been it's like, what do we have to do differently to not be the team we've been for the past two seasons? You know, like what, if you had to change one thing and go, this is, this, this is what fixes it for us. What is it for you? So sometimes the answer is the one that's, you know, the simplest, just staring you right in the face. And James Franklin tweets it every single week during the season. You gotta have the one and no mentality, which I'm sure he is hammering home and has been four years inside team meetings, practices, whatever. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. It's, it's the, you know, it's hanging in the locker room. They, they hear it all the time, but I mean, if you look back at the past two years of disaster, we've been showing some patterns um, of like streakiness where, you know, we get on a bad roll and it's like almost impossible to fix it. Looking back at 2020, start off 0 and 5. And then we start winning and we finish out on the winning streak, but we let all those losses build up and spiral out of control for five weeks to start. Last year, it was the opposite. Started out, you know, however many wins in a row that was. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, was it 5-0? It feels like so long ago um, (laughs) that we were undefeated and happy. Yeah, so, you know, it's the opposite last year. And then, you know, the Iowa game happens and we win three games in a row and lose six of the last eight. And it's like the beginning of the season never even happened. So, you know, we're saying one and oh, but wait, listen, I don't want to tell them what to do. They're not the ones, I'm not the one out there going through the losses, but just, I don't know. Listen, listen to James. He's telling you, I'm sure every five minutes of practice one and oh, so just can't let the bad losses build up like that and spiral. I know I hate after like two losses in a row when he tweets out the one and all again, I'm like, Oh, he's just going to get ragged on. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you always go straight dragged. to the replies, straight yeah. to the replies. He probably like, it's probably like a scheduled tweet, but I just always picture, I like to picture him like physically tweeting it out and just like chucking his phone across uh. the room. Like I, just, <laughs> like I can't read this for the next like 12 hours. Yeah. There's no way he's got his replies on. Yeah, he he certainly has no notifications, like just deletes the app, can't look at it for quite some time after that. But I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, the one and oh, you got you gotta keep going. And, I love that. Uh, 
not let it build. That's that's really all I can think of. Like if you look at the, it's it's a trend. We let the losses become a pattern. Um, I it's I mean, unfortunately, as much as I love James Franklin, it has been like the big foil of his entire career as a Penn State coach mm-hmm. is that we unwind after our first bad loss. Yeah, I mean, last year Iowa, Illinois, like those yeah. those those happen back to back. Ohio like, State, Michigan State, like right, like, like we Michigan were State already, was a much better team, but right, right, right. But you, you, yeah, you can't let it just get. It's like that bad taste gets in your mouth for the fans, players, whoever, yeah. and then it's, it's hard to keep the confidence up after that one. It just keeps going down. Yeah, when, when your thing is the one and zero mentality, and you let the, right, you let the the week before bleed into it. Like, what what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> right, right. So like, do we really think we would have lost to Illinois if we hadn't lost to Iowa the week before? Like, I don't know, maybe, but, and people Probably. were not well after the Iowa game. So I, I feel like it perhaps had something to do with the, yeah. the attitude the next week. And I mean, speaking of that Iowa game leading into that Illinois game, the, I think what was probably the question of the early part of this off season is can Penn State win with Sean Clifford? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that question? And how do you feel about the answer? So, well, with the, the question itself, I mean, as Cliff truthers are quick to point out, which I am not a Cliff truther by any means, but they will be quick to point out that, yes, like dumb question. Look at 2019. We won 11 games with them. Of course we can win with them. Right. It actually happened. So you're talking okay. to a Cliff truther right here. Right. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't call myself a truther, but I'm not going to, you know, outwardly like bash him into the ground. Um, I don't look at my Twitter history. Um, but I mean, go back to even last year though, he started out awesome. I was like, okay, like maybe your such fixed him. I actually can't see it in here. I've got my shirt on. Yep. People came at me for, for that. They're like, your such season is over, but that's another story. Um, so yeah, I mean, he looked so much better. You can go back to the Auburn game. He, what had like two incomplete passes or whatever it was. It was one of the best games he's ever played and uh, riding that hot. Yeah. Whatever it was two four. Um, But after that game, I was like, okay, like we're legit. The team is legit. Like Sean's going to be like a, a, you know, big 10 championship, you know, capable winning quarterback. And uh, you know, the injury happens and I don't know if it was for, for maybe the few games after that, it was a physical issue with him, but I feel like, maybe some of his physical, you know, injury issues got in his head again. And he just kind of reverted to his, you know, pitter pat feet, like happy feet running around and just kind of went back to old cliff and, uh, you know, my crow, I, you know, it came back up after I'd eaten it and I was like, I knew it. (laughs) This is awful. Like he's the same person. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think we still can win with him. I mean, he's a hundred years old. Uh, he's been there forever. They said he's basically like a coach back there at this point. And uh, I think it is big and it shouldn't be overlooked that he has uh, the same offensive coordinator, you know, for the two years in a row for the first time ever as a starter. I think that's really big. He doesn't have to relearn anything. Um, we can just focus on mechanics, re- whatever it is that he needs to work on. Um, and not just learning a whole new system and getting comfortable with a new coach and all that stuff. So I think that's big. And another kind of random thing I actually thought of, um, whereas some people might think the NIL stuff could be coming a distraction, specifically him starting his own company. 
uh, I think that can actually kind of help him. Um, I was listening to his podcast he did with Adam Brenneman. He said something kind of like, you know, my schedule is packed every day. Like if I'm not at practice or at meetings or in class, I'm like doing this. And he said something along the lines of he feels like it's helped him really zone in like, okay, when I'm at practice, it's all about practice. When I'm doing my work stuff, it's all about that. So I feel like it's, it's kind of helped him or hopefully it's helping him maybe not like over-focus on something like back when I was swimming, if I just like sat around and thought about it all day, like to death and like got in my own head so much, I'd swim awful. Um, so I think maybe, you know, having something else big and important and something he's really interested in to focus on outside of class, which he probably, you know, barely even goes to at this point and is not of much interest to him. Yeah, he's got like the Matt schedule at this point. Yeah. Like he's not going to class and he probably hasn't been cause he's been there so long. Um, and uh, so I feel like having something else to kind of focus on and really put some energy into, I don't think it'll be a distraction. I think it could kind of help him level out his, his focus and uh, be, be a healthy one. I love that. I, that's a take I have not heard yet. And I, I think it is a good one because probably a guy who gets very in his head, if mm-hmm. I had to guess, um, yeah. <laughs> especially when you consider, you know, the, the kind of like social media presence around him where like our fans are so unbelievably unappreciative of this guy yeah (laughs) except for the two weeks when he got hurt we had to watch what it was like without him yeah we were like oh my god please come back i'm so sorry yeah and you know i I, as like an actual college athlete i think you have a better window into what it's like to have to sit around and think about competition all day and how much that sucks um and i you hammered home two of the points that i love a this team has already won with sean clifford it already happened so, yeah, I think they can. Then, <laughs> <laughs> I think the bigger question is, like, can Sean Clifford win with this version of Penn State? You That's know? a fair point, too. Yeah, I mean, um, look we, at what we've lost some big guys. Seasons. Right, Last season, yeah. he didn't have a single 100-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. The entire not, – not one. I Honestly, and, I, you know, I'm not a full-on – I've had to back off my Sean Clifford true thing a little bit after, you know, like <laughs> – the performance in the bowl game and some of the other stuff. But I, I think you could honestly count on like one hand, the amount of people, the amount of quarterbacks in college football who would have like made this team really good. That, that's an interesting point. I haven't really thought about it that way. And you know, now that you say that you go back to the season where we did one of living games with him, Journey Brown. Yeah, Journey Brown uh, was like kind of good if we have forgotten about that. And an actual and, one-two uh, punch with Noah Kane. Noah Kane, right. And neither of those, I mean, obviously Noah Kane has been unfortunately injured and of course not here anymore. And, you know, Journey, fortunately having to retire. Um, yeah, I mean, it did kind of go from like 100 to zero real quick for him. Um, so I that's an interesting point I hadn't thought of. So back again, offensive line, run game. Uh, maybe we can turn that around and it can only help him go up from here. So I hope Inter- so. Interesting point. Interesting point. That gives me a little bit more hope, actually, that well, plus, if we turn things around. <laughs> plus that that Cotton Bowl season was the only time he ever had a returning offensive coordinator. Oh, uh, did who was it? It was a Ricky, Ricky Ronnie, baby. Years? Okay, I know what I was thinking of. It was because well, it was I was thinking of I, when it was a starter. That's yeah. what I was it thinking. It was his of. only okay. one. I was, was like, why do I keep thinking? Okay. It's he's never had two in a row as a starter, but he he was on okay. the team the year before that. Okay. That's as the backup. Got you know? 
So he wasn't right. learning a new offense. Okay. Okay. So there, there is a little bit of proof there. Um, yeah. With the, the returning offensive coordinator theory. We're back. We're, we're, we're back. We're stiff for Cliff once again. On this podcast. <laughs> I would, I would love to be, but uh, that, 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 that's we'll see mind. in like a month and a half. <laughs> but I mean, this guy, he had like four 300 plus yard passing games last season. Um, you know, there were, there were times where flashes of like the completion percentage was much better, like especially that Auburn game. Yeah, that where I was like, I was like, he's good now. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> I know. the The only thing that honestly really, really worries me about him, that you, even as like a uh, you know a fan and a truther, I kind of can't deny is you look at like the PFF grades of him under pressure, and it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's almost no one worse in college football when dealing with pressure than Sean Clifford. Well, I haven't seen the stats, just given the, the eye test. I, I, do, I do believe I do believe that stats unseen. It's like bottom five in college football. I, however, won't, I won't even try to refute that. However, his stats in the clean pocket are actually incredible. Yeah, if he has time and can actually go through stuff, like I feel like he's made improvements, you know. You go back to the comment you made about the KJ heavy offense. There were times where it was like, Okay, a lot of people are dropping when we do throw it around elsewhere, but I also felt like he zoned in on KJ a lot, and it kind of made it a problem sometimes. So I think he is getting better at spreading around a little. Of course, when you have someone like Jahan and he's going to make those kinds of absurd catches, you're going to throw it to him more than you do others. But, um, you know, I feel like he he improved a little bit there spreading it around when he had time to. I mean, some one of those throws back to the Auburn game where he found Jahan – in the back of the end zone, you know, rolling around and stuff like that, resetting. I feel like if he has time and he can look around, he, he can do it. But back again, the offensive line, if they're going to have him running for his life, it's, it's not helpful. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when, when your running game is so bad that nobody has to respect it yeah, and they can just throw all the pressure they want at you. And that's the worst part of your game. Like, yeah, you're going to have kind of a bad season. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, fair, <laughs> that's a fair point. We, we more should be put on the run game than, than Sean at, at sometimes. And I, honestly, I tell me how you feel about this team is like, is this sometimes I, I try to like rationalize things and I'm like, is this just, are we returning the same team as last year that, you know, was, and the year before that, that was disappointing. It's mostly the same players minus a few that were huge or are we bringing back a team that was like a combined 12 points away from being an 11 win team? with the latter I, yeah. I try to remain positive it's the off season like I'm not you know we'll we'll start talking badly when we start losing um I'll, I'll try and keep it positive for now but yeah I mean I I go into every game see I'm the one with the one and oh mentality um, yeah if they'd like to, if they'd like to consult me at any point I'd love to give them a pump up speech um but I, I go into every game I mean even after the Iowa and uh Illinois back-to-back losses I went into Ohio State like yeah, we can win this. It's like a problem I have where I think Penn State can win every single game, which I mean, well, I, I, I hope. It. Yeah, I mean, I hope the players feel the same, you know, or what are we doing here? Um, so, yeah, that, that's obviously the mentality they have going to every game that they're going to win. So I, I'm just trying to keep it consistent and be on the same page as them. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, if we don't go down a, a bad streak at some point during the season and we can uh truly follow the one and no mentality then i i do think that they can be good yeah i mean that that's I, I i don't know if i'm an idiot for talking myself into this like as much as i hate seven and five like 
think about these losses. It's Michigan State, three points. Michigan, four points. Illinois, two points. Iowa, three points. Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's I like mean, a, and, a and weird bounce away in each game. Yeah. Like, yes. It's like a weird, so there, like, little There were some tough calls yeah. in some of those games. Uh, what was that? The What they say? Snap infraction, the Ohio State oh game. God, like, yeah. people don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> So we're so, we're we're, yeah. we're going twelve and zero this year. Yeah, no, we're we're talking ourselves into it. <laughs> I, I, I always do. Yeah, right, I want you to tell me who do you think your breakout player this season is going to be. So I'm going to get a little bit crazy and go straight for right. a freshman. Um, I'm going to go with Zane Durant. Uh, hey, the the short shortish but mighty uh, D tackle from Florida. We love a short kid um, on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, he's not even short, but I guess like you know, D tackle wise, he's he's a little smaller, but like he's big, and uh, you know, I feel like he's had nonstop praise ever since he's got to campus. Um, you know, he early enrolled, and all we ever heard, of course, he was the only defensive player, so there weren't any other early enrollee um, on that side to talk about. But I feel like it's been nothing but praise from him, and then he really backed it up, you know, in the spring game strong showing there even though that format was absolutely awful and uh i could barely stand to watch um even though i was in the stands at the game um and i recommend it never be done again uh for my viewing purposes i don't really care about if they got a good practice in. i just hated watching it um but i also uh i heard when i was at that spring game i uh my brother is good friends or was frat brothers with um the former president of Nittanyville, uh, then unfortunately had to retire because he just graduated. Matt Solomon, the biggest Penn State fan. It's a I tough have break having to graduate. He, yeah, he he's the biggest Penn State fan I have ever met. He's insane. Uh, he's the best. Um, but uh, he saw me some story I can't remember because I, you know, had a little bit to drink. Something along the comments or along the lines of, um, I guess Franklin usually like meets with Nittanyville on occasion um and something I guess maybe got messed up with the scheduling just because like COVID protocols whatever but he did um meet with them not too long before the spring game you know sometime in the spring and they're asking him questions whatever and he said something like uh called Zane Durant like the next Aaron Donald like would be shocked if he wasn't drafted first round like saying this about a guy that literally just showed up to campus and has not actually played it down for us um so I don't know if that was an exaggeration or what, but he seemed to think that uh, James Franklin thought Zane Durant was the next coming of uh, uh, one of the best defensive players, uh, or if not the best defensive player ever uh, to grace the NFL. So and, until uh, well, the end of yeah. Parsons' career, he, he, yeah, he he of course didn't say that uh, in any pressers. I guess just didn't want to put that pressure it's on a bit him. Much, yeah. So yeah, so hopefully this doesn't this podcast doesn't spread too far. No names, all game exclusive I, right here. <laughs> I've just broken the news. Um, but yeah, and I also feel like just aside from the, those comments, um, just the position he plays, it's kind of an easier one to kind of break the rotation. You know, it's not like, you know, quarterback where one guy gets to play yeah. and we're not going to know if Drew Aller's any good for a while. Um, but you know, I feel like behind PJ, we've got plenty of guys that have, you know, have a few of experience and have made some flashes, but it's kind of open season back there, like for that number two, uh, defensive tackle spot. So if he's killing it and he's the next AD, then, you know, he definitely has a chance to break that rotation and maybe show us what he's got. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of potential on that defensive line, but yeah, outside of PJ Mustard, there's not a whole lot of proven talent 
yeah. uh, a lot of maybes and could bees and all that. I I'm loving this Zane Durant because I, I mean, yeah, a guy who's gotten possibly the most praise of anyone coming out of spring practice mm-hmm. was the kind of like the, the talk of the talk of happy Valley for all of spring. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I kind of, I hadn't heard about him in a little bit. I kind of forgot about all some of the more outlandish things that we've been hearing about. And so I'm, I am very excited now that you mention it to, mm-hmm. uh, to watch the greatest defensive tackle ever. Yeah. And no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm sure Zane will forgive you for, for hyping him up. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure it'll only make him feel, feel good. He, Listen, he's a if, if, if I know Zane Durant and I don't, one <laughs> thing I know about him is that he thrives on pressure. Perfect. Happy to help. <laughs> like I said, I'm here to give pump up speeches if they need me. There you go. All right. So along those lines, I want you to tell me who you think, like what one player, if you had to pick one, has to be better than last season if this team is going to be different than they've been. So I could take the easy route and go back to, to Cliff on this, but I'm, I'm going to get a little different. I'm going to go with a player who um, I love. seems like a great guy, uh, but Kevon Lee, I feel like if he has, he, uh, you know, he has a chance to improve and become part of what I hope to be a one-two punch with him and Nick Singleton, um, <laughs> that, that could have been another choice for my breakout. But, you know, after I heard the Aaron Donald comments, I had to go with Durant. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, blind did not do him any good. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, anytime I felt like Kevon got a bunch, he started stringing a bunch of runs together. Um, you know, most recently in the Arkansas, the bowl game felt like he was taken out of the game and it was like, oh, we finally got something going. And now he has to sit the entire, you know, I obviously has some fumbling issues. That's another thing, um, that he needs to work on, uh, but uh, in addition to that, kind of had a lot of like east-west running as opposed to north to south, as they always say, kind of a lot of dancing. I mean, I appreciate the effort. He'd work really hard for some like loss, you know, some one-year losses. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you go back and watch like his high school highlights. Obviously, it's different than playing, you know, Big Ten football. But I just remember watching them and he's just bowling people over, you know, on every single play. And I'm like, get back to that. Like, He's what, like six foot, like 230 or something. Like he's a thick guy, just run people over. You know, you don't have to do the dancing. You're not like a little scat guy. Like you are huge. Just keep plowing forward. Don't try to, you know, make anything crazy happen. He's not a home run guy. Um, so hopefully he doesn't try to be because I think he could be a really solid guy um, back there. If of course the line improves and he just kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what made him the, the four star or whatever recruit that he was coming out of high school. Yeah, I, I love this pick. I agree so hard with this. I'm, I'm also, you know, big fan of his. In that 2020 season, I felt like he kind of emerged as the guy who he should did. have been the preeminent back. Mm-hmm. And then it, I don't know if I would consider like a step back this season, but like it just felt like he wasn't doing what you thought he should. Because like, he, he is not a right. burner. He's not a speed guy. He's right. not going to outrun your safety and your cornerback. But he should be running guys over especially mm-hmm. small and he guys. can yeah Falling forward for extra yards like right it was like when Noah Kane I mean Noah Kane back in 2019 I felt like all he did was fall forward for five yes. yards on like every single play and then we lost that and felt like Kimon could have went right in there and replaced it but 
he tried to get too cute and he's he's a little too big not that big guys can't be cute you know i i have been known to crush on an offensive lineman in my day um love thick boys uh, at (laughs) i love offensive linemen ask my friends they like don't even know football and they're like caroline i met this offensive lineman the other day he had a girlfriend like of course he did um but yeah that i just it was a little too much dancing and uh i he just needs to go forward yeah like he's a guy who we should be very comfortable with getting a ball in a fourth and one not like oh really mm-hmm. yeah and that just adds maybe, maybe not fourth and five season. i hope yeah. i to never see us run on fourth and five ever again yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna defend that play call yeah but i want you to give me give me one like bold out there more out there than zane durant breakout player give me your bold predictions for the season so I don't know how bold this is, but it was what I came to mind. Um, maybe, maybe I just wanted to be right. Like I, I wanted my bold prediction to be right. Um, so I don't know if this is bold or not, but it could be depending on who you ask. So I feel like Sean's going to start the entire season barring injury. I know that everybody thinks as soon as he throws his first interception that we're like going to put Drew in or that we should put Drew in or whatever. Um but I don't think there was any way they would have let him come back, you know, barring injury, of course. Um, but I, I just don't think there's any way they would have let him come back. After watching the spring game, it's clear that he is still our best option by a mile. They looked pretty good, but I mean, like, we're not, we're not putting Jureller in there. We're not going to do, I don't think he comes in at any point. And I don't even know if he's going to get in. I don't think he even comes in during trash time. Like Bayou is, I think the clear number two, they're freshmen. They've got, you know, him and both. They've got a lot to do, but. I just, I don't see Sean getting pulled for anyone regardless of what he does. So I don't, I don't know if that's bold, but I, I feel like a lot of people really, really want like Drew to like become the starter after two games. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people who seriously think that's going to happen. So bold for some, possibly not for others. Um, but I, I just don't see anybody else starting a game unless Sean gets hurt again. So this is how I know that you were right, that you were spending too much time on Twitter at one point. because of the drew aller is coming in takes there is let let me just stamp this right now and bar like you said barring injury drew aller gets i will say definitively zero first half minutes this season Um, and most likely zero minutes at all he's a true freshman I have another another nugget of inside info. Okay. Uh, a couple, I don't know if this is inside. This could be on Twitter. I just haven't been on Twitter that much. Maybe somebody else has said this. But uh, I talked to somebody the other day who said that uh, Bo is kind of kicking Drew's ass right now. I've heard the which, same thing. I've, okay, I've heard so it's not Aller, as inside as I thought it was. <laughs> I've heard that Drew Aller is the fourth quarterback in that room right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, we watched the spring game and of course, you know, disaster format, hated it. Some of his, the, the one pick was not his fault. Um, but Bo, you know, you looked pretty good for whatever the heck that game was that we watched and Drew sort of didn't, I mean, and we heard issues about his accuracy and all of that. Um, and luckily, you know, I think Christian Bayou could be the starter next year. So both of them will have plenty of time to get better and work with Yersich, but, um, yeah, I, I did hear that uh, the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Some not so yeah, some less pleasing words were used than kicking his ass. But um, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: I think people have to remember is that like when word came out that we signed a five-star quarterback, when we, everyone watched this tape and like the things he can do, every, 
everyone forgot that he was doing all those things against high school kids and went, oh, he's he's clearly going to be the best quarterback in our, our room. No, that's not how this works. I mean, like, I hope he is one day. He yeah. fits and the part. Completely. I think he, he will be one day. But yeah. like, honestly, barring like very few people, you just you don't come into a college football program as a true freshman and be good. Like, it's just not how it works. It's hard. Yeah, unless you are Trevor Lawrence, not everybody can be him. And yeah. of course he was the number one, but it's, it's just so, 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 so hard to do that. Yeah. It's a, t- and it's the hardest position in sports. It's you, you like not even just physically, mentally, all of it. Yeah. So much just learning. Yeah. yeah. And the, I kind of, the word that I've heard is that um, Bo is a little more physically mature than Drew Aller is. Yeah. I mean, um, Drew's huge, but. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, yeah. mature-wise, I guess. And the, the other thing about Bo coming out of high school, actually, before we had, like, before Drew Allard was even on anyone's radar, we had signed Bo, and I was so excited because the word on him was how accurate he was. And that's, you know, as right. much as we love some of the quarterbacks we've had before John Clifford, accuracy has not been a big thing in the Penn State quarterback room in a mm-hmm. long time. So I was very excited. And so, like, it's going to be easier for that guy who is the accurate passer to come in and look good right away. But the guy who's bigger has the more inherent physical traits and the bigger arm, he might not look as good as a true freshman, but like there's a much higher ceiling for him to ascend to. And I think people don't realize that. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's the, yeah, the, the low ceiling, you know, high ceiling, low floor, whatever, all those different terms. Yeah. Like the, Um, the whole, the, the star ranking, I I believe a five star is considered a first round NFL draft pick. But that's right, right. Yeah, you do like the two, four, seven. Yeah, that, but that's, that's how they do their four ranks. years after they get that rank. Right, that's not mm-hmm. their first year in a in a college football quarterback group. Right, like, right. and we we all got to realize that people. Drew Aller right. is the future. He is not the now. Yeah, no, he, he's got literally everything going for him, but it may be a couple years until that yes. happens. And let let the kid learn the learn the game. And listen, I'm rooting for Bo. I like, don't want him to transfer the same. I mean, he's a York guy. Like I'm from York, you know, I'm absolutely rooting for him. Penn state fan his whole life. I think that's like the coolest thing. Um, when guys are like that and then they get to go play for them. Um, so I I hope whatever happens, he, you know, whether he becomes a starter one day or he sticks around another capacity, whatever. Um, I hope they're both here for, for their whole college career, but Time will tell that it doesn't always play out that way, unfortunately. We, yeah, we have, we have the same hope, but that's, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to juggle. Mm-hmm. It stinks that only one of them can be on the field at once. At a time, yeah. Unless there's a position change, you know, you never know. He's uh, athletic uh, you enough. You more inside information I don't know about? I do not, know. That was me just, you know, thinking that he's very athletic, so maybe okay. he would be willing to move. But, if, you know, if he doesn't want to, I get that too, so... It we'll all see. depends. It'll depend on what the coaching staff wants them to do. You know, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to sacrifice their backup quarterback to have like a wide receiver. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. I was thinking more defense, but Interesting. Nah, I don't really know. See a safety in high school? I think so. I can see that. I think so. Yeah. The, the I, old I love a quarterback. Sorely, uh, quarterback to, safety combo. Yeah, who's tough enough to play defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's wearing As that nine. I feel, I feel like he Whoa. took nine because he loves Trace, you know. He's, of course, gotten that comparison a thousand times. So, yes. yeah. Bo I, 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 start, 
start hitting home mm-hmm. runs when you score touchdowns. I, I kind of, yeah, I, I liked when he took nine, you know, Bayou's got this number 11 back. Like I was in full support of that switch just because I'm like, all right, he's been compared to Trace a million times and he's going to embrace it. I'm into it. By the way, I, I have another important question for you. Is Trace McSorley the most likable guy to ever have a chin strap? i mean off the top of my head i don't know that i've paid attention enough to other uh chin strap wearing players that are out there for me to choose from so i'm gonna just by default say yes yeah i'm 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 not even not just in football ever because i've seen guys with chin strap oh just in life yeah i'm you know like the, the the facial hair that trace has I'm trying to think. I mean, I've probably seen a lot of them on Hinge and everyone on there is terrible. So, yeah, I think by default, um, Trace wins. Listen, if Trace McSorley was on Hinge, I would try and match with him. <laughs> oh, easily, easily. But he, unfortunately for you, um, is about to be wiped up. So you missed out. Congrats Another life, Trace. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that, note, on that note, I want to hear your... Final prediction for the season. Tell me what our record's going to be. If if we lose, who do we lose to? What's our right. big win? See, that's my problem. What bowl game we're going um, to? It physically pains me to predict uh, Penn State to lose a game ever. Right. Um, and and what like what record would you be <laughs> happy with at the end of the year? I want to hear that too. Okay. Okay. So yeah, physically pains me. Uh, it's honestly as a, as a jaded and hardened near 28 year old, uh, trying to date in Nashville. Um, it's one of the only areas of my life that I try to remain very positive, uh, is Penn state football. So (laughs) I try not to get too negative. Think that we're going to lose games. It's cost me hundreds of dollars. Um, at this point in my gambling career, don't bet with your heart. Yeah, no, I don't listen. Um, I almost always do, and it pretty much never turns out well. Um, so I did, I decided, I I don't know that I could give a, re- a record prediction I would be happy with. Uh, let's go back 2019, where we're like 11 and two. Yeah. That was, I, I would take 11 and Lo- two. Losses I was, to Ohio State and Minnesota, right? Uh, no, not Minnesota. No, no, oh, oh sorry, I thought you meant this year. I was like, we are not losing to Minnesota. I will... <laughs> I will rage if we lose to them again. Yes, that year it was Ohio State and Minnesota. Correct. I cried after we lost to Minnesota. Let the record show. There's a photo of it. My sister took people like, is that posed? I'm like, no, I had no idea she was taking it. I've tweeted it out a few times. It's great. Um, Yeah, I like, you know, I pull the hat off my eyes, look at my phone. And she just said, send me a photo of me crying. It was great. I'll never forget it. Um, Yes, I I would be happy with 11 and 2 you know, New Year's Six game, whatever one, you know, that lands us, um, would be happy. I remember being very happy. You know, we had enough wins after Minnesota and Ohio State to kind of carry me through and like end on a good note. Um, Last year, ending with so many losses was awful feeling. Um, You know, even after 2020, winning five games in a row at the end of the year or four games in a row, how many? Yeah, five games in a row at the end of the year. that, that, that four, what I, I can't remember. Yeah, I think we finished five and four, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we started oh and five yeah. and then we won four. I can't remember anything anymore, it's been too much. Um, but yeah, so like even ending on that streak, like it made me feel good going about into you know going into the next year. So, I, yeah, if we have a solid end to the season with only like two losses, 
I remember being happy. I think I would be happy again. Um, and then that would give me, of course, a lot of hope going into the next year to probably get disappointed again. But at least it would be like a nice, pleasant off season. Like I think honestly, half the reason I probably haven't been on Twitter that much the past six months is because it's like, you know, just like a sour taste in my mouth. Like I don't want to sit around and read about this all day. I'm depressed. You know, this isn't going to make me feel better. Um, I did also look at our, I think our current win total is eight and a half. Um, so I will, of course, take the over on that. Hammer, hammering um, the over. I, I remember you asked me about the, the over last year. I think it was nine wins. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be pissed if we don't win at least nine games. And of course we didn't. I was. I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so, upset. I will. I, I won't predict certain losses because like the easiest one to be is like Ohio State. But like, honestly, if we lost a couple of games, but we still beat Ohio State, like that would make me feel kind of good. Like, don't tell the Ohio State fans that because, you know, they'll get big heads, bigger yeah, heads course. than I already have. Um, and they're like, we don't even care. Like, we only care about I get it. Michigan, I get it. Sure you do. Um, right. Yeah. They, they're so, they're so, you know, no, you, you guys take losses graciously all year long. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're, they, it wouldn't matter who it was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would love to just beat Ohio state. So if we lost two different games, not Minnesota, you know, I w- I'm a full favor of that being the whiteout. Um, just because love I, that. we don't yes. want it, we don't want it at noon. And that game um, killed me three years ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, like I said, cried. Um, and uh, the Minnesota fans attacked me that day. Like they, you know, they had their moment to shine and they like found some, like I was making cocky videos. Cause you know, we were so, you know, we were undefeated, yeah. so, you know, whatever it was. And um, I was making, I used to make those pregame videos. Um, I haven't made as many cause they come back to burn me sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, when you, now, when you go five and four or four and five, yeah, you and can't really do five, pregame videos. Pregame videos get a little disappointing. Right. I, I, so I was on a streak of some very, very cocky ones. And I was so, so, so hyped up, you know, the battle of the undefeateds. And um, yeah, they found the video <laughs> and they came for me. That was another day I had to get off of Twitter because I was already so upset. And they were just, I was just like, what can I say? Like, yeah, you stormed the field and it looked really freaking cool. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, congrats. Happy. So when, when we start 7-0 this year, beating Michigan and Minnesota back to back. You're bringing back pregame videos. I would say if it got to that point, there, there might be a video or two yes. um, in play. Usually now when I make them, it's like halftime where we're like losing and I'm like stressed out and uh, yes. wasted or something. And so it's like, and the, the only video. Penn State fan at the, at the bar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I go, so I go to the Nashville Penn state bar, but the vibes are not as immaculate as they could be. Um, it's just like, there's not a lot of people there. I don't know if I'm sure there's plenty of people that went to Penn state in Nashville and maybe they just don't know about it. Like I had to go out of my way to, you know, look it up. Like, it's not like a, it's not like a downtown bar. It's a little, you know, West of downtown at like a random brewery that has really good pizza, um, as a plus, but, um, yeah, like it's just, I went there for a few games last year, one of them being the Wisconsin game. That was probably the the most exciting I saw, you know, first game of the year yeah. and all that. But the ones I went to after, eh, you know, I, I was probably the most psychotic slash excited one there. So I would I would like I to feel see like that improve. I feel like, though, probably most, most bars, that would still be the case. 
Yeah, that's true. Actually, I did make my friends watch the Ohio State game with me in a bar on Broadway um, because we'd gone to the Preds game earlier that day, which is on Broadway. So we just walked across the street and I was like, I need to go get wasted before the Penn State game. Um, So I made them all get really drunk with me, even though, you know, none of them went to Penn State or like good friends. Yeah, they they did sit there and support me and watch the game with me. And it was like Halloween weekend. So everybody in this bar is like all in their costumes, like just like bouncing around, having the best time. And I'm like standing up at this table. There's one TV in the bar that I asked them to put Penn State on. I'm just sitting there like stress eating chicken wings the whole time. And um, yeah, it was it was quite a sight to see. I mean, there was there was a time in that game where it looked like we were going to pull it out. Yeah, I mean, I was excited. There are videos that one of my friends took of me like dancing to like a Taylor Swift song that came yeah. on earlier in like that, that first listen, that quarter. That was a good game. When we were like up 3-0 or whatever it was. Um, I was, yeah, I was dancing um, at one point and uh, didn't end that way. But honestly, that was one of the, I think, least depressing losses. Well, especially after we had lost to Illinois. And you're like, is this the worst team that's ever existed? Right, exactly. We, Are we about we to lose by 50? Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> yeah. came out and didn't get blown out. Like, thank It was God. a moral victory, although I hate those. It kind of was. But it, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was not unhappy. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it could have been worse. I was extremely drunk by the end of it. And I was just like, you know what? We tried really hard. <laughs> yeah, so proud of us. We I think, I, think I like nine. I think our post game episode was like, "Listen, I'm proud of these guys coming back. Yeah, they they fought so hard, you know. After that freaking nine overtime loss, like they could have just given up. We were winning at points in time. Um, so, yeah, um, if we could just beat Ohio State this year in beat Minnesota, Ohio State, win the college football playoff, be national champions. I think that, that's all we're asking for here. Really, at the end yeah. of the day, right? If I had to pick two losses, I'm actually not sure who I would pick. I'd say Auburn because it's like, you know, we're probably never who cares? Play you again. But yeah. Hate, but then I'm also like, so much. yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. And technically, I did also attend an SEC school, but yeah, gross, South Carolina is not good. So no, it's like, not. whatever. I don't watch them. Um, but of course, if they do well, I'll pretend I'm the biggest fan ever. Um, you know, I, I did compete in a the sport there. I obviously clearly went to the school, a huge yeah. fan of their I'm, I'm having trouble finding a loss <laughs> on the schedule that I'd be okay with. Yeah. Now, now that I'm like racking my brain of the rest of the schedule, it's like, well, as long as we beat Ohio State and Michigan and, you know, avenge the Michigan State loss from that, you know, in Minnesota. Also, like, can we talk about the fact that the Auburn game is on Paramount Plus? Wait, what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying I, right here. I think it's also on CBS. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That would make sense. I hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, it's an SEC. Yeah, it's like SEC yeah. home game. There's yeah. no way they're moving college football to pat- exclusively streaming service. Yeah, no that, the, yeah, not not a, a a game between Penn State and Auburn. I mean, we we both kind of sucked last year, but I don't think we've gone to that level of suck. I I am actually I'm going to be out of the country during that game, and I'm going to really have to try and fool my girlfriend into going into like some kind of American sports bar where we can watch. That oh game. God, what country? <laughs> uh, the UK. We're gonna be in. Okay, I probably have some American sports bars you can find. I don't. Yeah, you should be okay for a few hours. Yeah. Although I. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody keeps asking me like if I want to go to it, and I've just heard that the hotel situation is not great, and I'm like, I would love to, but the travel situation sounds like a pain. Yeah. Like every hotel is booked. I'd have to like drive there. You know. 
like and then you, and then you're in Alabama it's like, oh, God. right yeah exactly I was actually just there this past weekend but I was in Birmingham um kind of a cool city actually but oh. Auburn yeah I drove through Alabama once it was less than exciting yeah no it's I needed a gas exciting. station it was yeah yeah that's not great <laughs> I'm sure it was no sheets or Wawa I, I I actually I googled I was like all right where's the best place to eat around me and it's just like it's in Google Maps just sent me to this place I'm like this is a gas station Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> all right well on that awesome. note caroline thanks so much for coming on blast having you and yes uh, of course thank you for letting me co-host instead of just hey. you know being an addition that's a big step it's and been an I, honor i hope i i hope i did the podcast well i think you were tremendous we'll have you back again all right sounds great i i'd love to join for you know a post game Hopefully we don't have to have too many uh, venting sessions. Um, but, you know, if, if there is one where we all just need to, you know, get some things off of our chest, I'm, I'm sure I'd be happy to join. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to hold you to it. All right. All we right. Are. Sounds good. Penn State, bitch. <laughs>